0: This week's episode made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Meanwhile in Memphis.
1: My name is Anna Ellis. I am here with my co-host, Christy Mullen. Hello, Christy. Hi. If you are not aware, we are uh, a weekly radio program and podcast, however you may be choosing to listen. Thank you to WYXR-FM for hosting us on their radio platform Um, I and Christy are from an organization, a local nonprofit called New Memphis. We are, again, a local organization that is working to make Memphis magnetic for great talent. So every week we bring on folks who are just making uh, a real impact in our community, who are innovating for change, pushing our city forward. We're just really into the business of celebrating what is exciting about Memphis, what's going well. We hope that shining a light on it helps it grow. We hope that as you listen, you here's something that inspires you, interests you, gets you activated, gets you kind of out in Memphis thinking about what makes Memphis great. So that's why we do what we do. And honestly, it's just a little bit of fun. And I like spending time with Christy. I know. I'm
0: just glad that WYXR lets us have this platform. I don't know why. I know. I'm I'm like, like, are they listening? Do they know? I'm like, I I love what we do. But, you know, I think it's great. I love that we get to do this every week and meet these cool people that we know but we don't always get to see all the time. It is. It's an absolute delight. And I I say this. I mean –
1: I, it's sort of a blessing that we started doing this in 2020. Mm-hmm. So like in the time of like COVID lockdown, we started like scuttling into a studio every other week and recording a few episodes. And it has been a real bright spot yeah. for me personally. Um, it is a time that I get to reconnect with old friends and colleagues that I used to sort of just like run into. I don't yeah. know. It's like relationships that you maintain because you just live in the same city yeah. and, you and you do
0: the same thing. Yeah. So you're you the same see hobbies. each other at a
1: meeting or at a yeah. coffee shop or, in, and that seems to not be the case anymore. So <laughs> we have two friends of that ilk yes. in the studio today. Um, today our episode revolves all around, um, An organization that is really doing big stuff to lift up our city, both for all of us locals who are listening, but they're also doing big work to make sure that everyone across the nation, across the world knows and loves the memphis story so i'm talking of course about memphis tourism that is an organization that again is tasked with um, bringing people to our city um, helping them enjoy all the amenities all the assets all the exciting things to do from our tourist destinations to our restaurants to our green spaces to our hotels so we have in studio milton Howery, he is the director of public relations for memphis tourism and also leah gaffney who's the vice president of marketing for memphis tourism so these are two absolute dynamos we work with them i mean they are so collaborative which i love i mean again they're bringing people to the city Mm -hmm. tourism is obviously a very specific niche but they do such a great job of again crafting i think really special and unique stories about our city but also again working with organizations like us new memphis and others who are making sure that we're developing our city economically that we're um Again, just like shouting from the rooftops what makes Memphis great. So we're happy to have them here. I will say before we get started, Milton is also a great partner of new memphis
0: in a special event that we helped yes. put on called the link up christy what's the link up the link up is just what it sounds like it is a place for you to come and link up with other professionals throughout the city no matter what sector no matter your age no matter honestly anything if you are a person in the city that wants to get to ne- connected to other people in the city the link up is for you and the next one is happening on september 20th at grind city brewing masks are required of course unless you're drinking or eating, which is a brewery, so we really would hope that you come out and get your drink on with us. Um, but guys, it's so fun. Check out the link up on social media. It's at the link up. You can see all the pictures from past events. It is such a great event. You will meet so many people in a truly, like, not to get all crazy with it, but like in a very non-stuffy way. It's very organic and cool, and you mix and mingle, and it's just a whole lot of fun. It is fun. It is free. I hope you join yes. us on September 20th. All right, let's get into the episode. Let's welcome Leah and Milton. Applause button here. Woo! All right, guys, welcome Leah and Milton. How are y'all?
2: I'm doing good. Yeah, we're
0: doing great. Good. I would. I usually when we have two guests, I have them introduce themselves, but I think people can differentiate you guys' voices, so I think we're safe. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so um, before we dive into all that is you guys do for our city and the work you do professionally and personally. I kind of love to start off more hearing some more personal anecdotes about our guests for our listeners. So I want to know a little bit about what each of you have in terms of your Memphis story. Like were you born here? Did you travel here? Like tell me the things. Milton, go first.
2: (laughs) Oh my Memphis story. So um, I am born and raised in Memphis. Uh, I've never lived anywhere else. Um, I've been here my entire life. Went to Whitehaven High School, went to University of Memphis, um, started in tourism around about 15 years ago. Um, I literally uh, was leaving University of Memphis, going home um, to – uh, my parents' house I was living I was a uh, you know staying at home going to college student yeah. <laughs> and um you know the dorms were uh, not in my budget and uh <laughs> and so as I was looking for a job, I got off the expressway over Presley Brooks Road and immediately uh, saw the visitor center had just opened years like two thousand six um and I just walked in and that began my start <laughs> in tourism fifteen sixteen. Whenever 2006 was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <I mean, laughs> middle 2000s. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so, uh, and so, yeah. So Memphis is. Memphis has. Uh, you know, at, honestly, at that time, I did not think about. Uh, uh, at that time, I always thought I would move to Los Angeles or something like that. Uh, but Memphis kind of happened to me, and I and I'm glad that uh, that things have turned out the way they have.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that you are born and bred Memphian, but you also chose Memphis. Yes. So.
3: Leah, your turn. So I am not from Memphis. Um, I moved here from Tucson, Arizona, where I was working for a company called Living Social that I think got bought out oh, by yeah. Groupon. Ah. And I was doing kind of their travel um, portion of their website and customer care. And um, my, But my mother moved here fif- 15 years ago, married my stepdad, who is a born and bred Memphian. Uh, So I would come to visit them all the time from Arizona. And my mom, of course, was like, you have to move here, check out all these things that are happening. And every time I would visit, there was something new. So she'd be like, look, they're like redoing this Crosstown place (laughs) and check out Overton Square. And so I was ready to leave Arizona and ended up um, getting my job at Memphis Tourism six years ago. And then I moved here and I'm like, well, if anything, if I don't like it after a year, I can go somewhere else. Right. But then i i just fell in love with the city and just met the most amazing people and have been just embraced by different parts of the community the music community the jewish community and now i just i feel like i've earned my memphis card i don't know if memphis,
2: you or have. memphis would agree we're with giving that. it to you <laughs> <laughs> you we, can
3: earn it in a
0: couple of yeah, different yeah. ways so speaking of that memphis tourism you guys Tell everyone how you got to Memphis, kind of a little bit as to why you chose Memphis. But you guys both advocate for our city on the daily professionally Mm -hmm. through your work with the Memphis Tourism. So kind of tell the people listening, what is Memphis Tourism?
2: So Memphis Tourism is an organization responsible for promoting Memphis domestically and internationally. Uh, I think most people would be surprised to know that we actually have representation offices in other countries, um, such as uh, Australia as well as the U.K., uh, and representation in places like Germany and Japan. Uh, And so uh, our whole job is to get tourists to the city of Memphis, and then that brings revenue to the city of Memphis in terms of economic impact. Uh, And so as a result that money that tax dollars that comes from that funds so many things in the city And so for me when I go to work every day every time I get an article um, that's published about Memphis. I think about the people that are going to read it, the people that are going to come here and spend money, and I think about how that's going to impact the city. And so that's, 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 that's the bulk yeah, I think <laughs> and that's, in a nutshell of our, of our purpose. But Leah, I would love to get your perspective.
3: Well, people also don't realize it's not just the music attractions mm-hmm. in Graceland and, and leisure tourism. We also have a whole sales team that um, promotes conventions and business travel. Um, we have a brand new Renaissance Convention Center mm-hmm. that opened up. So we have a team that does that. We have a sports team that uh, is bringing Ironman that's coming in October um, and events like that. There's a rugby tournament that's also coming in October. So there's different facets than just that leisure traveler that people may know or see walking down the street going to Beale Street. It's um, a whole industry. And, it you know, it also we have how many jobs is it in...
2: There's a, so we generate over 49,000 uh, jobs. Oh before COVID, by the way, uh, for the tourism and hospitality industry. And of course, obviously, during the pandemic, uh, you know, we we did see a decrease in jobs. But, you know, Memphis has been consistently uh, trending in terms of hotel occupancy rates and what we use to kind of judge our performance in tourism, uh, trending above the national average uh, most of the time throughout the pandemic. So uh, we suspect that, you know, that that we're staying um, um, on top of things and that the future looks bright.
3: Yeah. And we consider ourselves an economic development agency. Yeah. So let's take it. I I think we're going to get to the like, where do you love to go
1: and what, you know, because I think that us included, but everybody listening, you know, we always love to hear everyone's perspective about what are those gems in the city that like, if you haven't been, you got to go, or if you haven't been in a while, you got to go back. But I think, you know, again, sort of beneath the surface of the shiny stuff that you guys do, there's some really important work that has a really significant impact on the local economy. So you talked about the local workforce that's employed by hospitality and tourism. Um, Tell us a little bit more about the overarching economic impact and what the opportunity is as you guys think about Memphis tourism's goals going forward.
2: Well, you know, well, I can say that impact dollarizes before COVID was traditionally over $3 billion. Uh, is well. and
1: that's generated through hotel stays, restaurants.
2: Yes, all of that. Uh, and so, so the 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 input and the the impact that you know our goal is to grow that, um, because it connects to so many other things that affects the city of Memphis and our community. Uh, and so that's that's our that's, that's our goal. That's our that's our number one is to increase the tourism revenue for the city of Memphis, and we do that by bringing tourists here.
3: But I think we're very cognizant to do that in a smart way because yeah. you've mm-hmm. seen things like over-tourism in other cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've also seen other cities maybe lose some of their authenticity or their, mm-hmm. you know, not... If
1: you've ever <laughs> seen a bachelorette party
3: roll by a national <laughs> event, <laughs> we, you know yes. what we're talking I mean, about. I mean, I was going to say that, but Limf- yeah. Memphis is a vibe. Right, yeah. And so we want to keep that. And we also want to make sure, I mean, the, the locals and memphians make a uh, make up a huge part of the experience of visiting mm. here mm-hmm. so making sure that locals understand what we have in the city that they love their city um it's going to support tourism in a big way
2: because when the locals love it it's easier to promote you know mm-hmm. and, and that's one thing that you know that's a, a, a trend shift in the tourism industry is that like us we you know we do several things that that benefit the locals and support a lot of the local events and things that take place because they're a very component uh, of of you know benefiting not just tourists but also the community that lives here
1: yeah absolutely um, you mentioned the Renaissance Convention Center, and I want to dig into that. Um, it's funny, in in the age of—we were just talking before we um, started recording that um, you guys have been working downtown since June of last year, not this year. We just kind of <laughs> started rolling back to the office in July of this year. Um, but as somebody who hadn't been downtown daily as I had normally been, it's been really eye-opening to see how quickly— things pop up and change and are, and are you know, gone from bones to completion. So, I obviously, the Renaissance Convention Center, which I would love for you guys to share whatever details you have about that space and what it means and, and what, what's changed about its capacity and just, like, what it can do for the city. Um, but I, I'm, I've i also noticed some other hotels and, and properties pop up that are, again, it, it feels like a boom. Like, maybe I'm over-exaggerating because I, you know, am very optimistic, but it does feel like there are more... Um, boutique hotels. There's more chain hotels. You know, it just there's there's more choice, um, especially in the downtown and sort of medical district corridor. But I'm curious if that trend is something that's real and it's being seen across the city. It,
2: so. it is a real trend. So I I worked as a sales manager at the convention center um, before uh, the main office at Memphis Tourism. Uh, and so, as a sales manager there in that building when it was extremely old, before there was any renovations, it was a, it was a classic. Uh, one. It, was, it was, <laughs> was antique. It was antique. And you know, I and looking at the building from then to now, when I walk in there now, I worked in that building for about three and a half years, from an event uh, assistant, event coordinator to then sales manager. So I worked both sides of it. I know the ins and out. It looks like a completely different place, a place that I had never ever worked. Uh, and so when I walk in there, I'm truly amazed. And so with that space, you know, that, there, that it, was, it was a complete concrete box. box. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and so before, and so now we've been able to bring um, the outside in. So there are windows that overlook the river. Um, And so that is one of my favorite, I think, things about the transformation. Um, You know, the exhibit hall, you know, now has these sliding doors that you can see the river. Uh, But it's just, uh, it's it's now, you know, everything else in the city has been moving. So we have the new hotels and we have our wonderful attractions. We have all these great amenities in the city. And now the convention center kind of meets up with that. At Mm -hmm. first it was like, the key to selling that building was really selling the city <laughs> and then the building, but a meeting planners really want to know about the meeting space and what that looks right. like. Uh, but, but you know, it's so like that-
1: dating a guy who has a
2: great dog, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and so you know you want the whole package, you know. So we we now have the whole package, and I think uh, it was a two hundred million dollar uh, plus renovation that that took place. Yeah, I uh, would
3: say our our the GM of the building wouldn't say that it was an overnight thing either. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it took a, a a long time, and his team has done an amazing job. It, the building was sort of open the entire time, but also I think the timing with the pandemic also helped in a way it was a little serendipitous yeah, yeah. it was a little serendipitous but it, it's open now if you guys haven't gotten a chance to go and look at the building it's pretty amazing what they were able to do with this box yeah. um and the kind of events that we're going to be able to host there now
2: yeah one of the spaces there if, you, if the grand lobby of the Convention Center, the Renaissance Convention Center. Uh, now, we call it no longer the cook, everybody. It's the Renaissance <laughs> Convention Center. Um, there was a mezzanine level that had about six or seven meeting spaces. That, I think this is probably one of the, the bigger transformations in that building. That were They were large rooms, but they had very low ceilings. So what they did was they were able to take out that complete middle section of, that, of the, of the uh, convention center, which is the mezzanine level, take that out, which made the lobby meeting rooms larger in terms of the height of the rooms, um, which made it a much more enjoyable experience. Uh, and, and pretty much in every aspect of the building, has pretty much have been good. I mean, there was a uh, meeting planners love to have easy access to the building. The previous <laughs> convention center had a little spiral spool that you would have to uh, that if you're if you loading in for an exhibit, uh, just think of like the car shows or think about all these massive exhibits and how many things you load in. It was a little spiral. You can't fit an 18-wheeler up a spiral, so then you would have to go up a freight elevator. Now, that freight elevator costs so many hundreds of dollars per hour to use. Someone has to operate it instead of being able to just load into the hall because mm-hmm. you couldn't do that before. Now... Uh, part of the uh, the transformation that you now can take an eighteen wheeler and bring it right up to the hall and load in without having to go up that spiral spool or have an ele- elevator that goes up to it. So like the the from the access to the building to the appearance to the feel the yeah. functionality, all of that has changed and and meeting planners love it.
1: What's exciting? I mean, I again, I'm excited to see all of this come to fruition post COVID, where you know I. I think that we as a city don't even really understand. I mean, obviously the convention center was used and we we were the home of many high profile conventions, but um, the kind of traffic that can come through a space like that I think can be really exciting.
3: Yeah, and I think it's a trend too. You were saying, you know, the boutique hotels and these hotel properties, not just in Memphis, but everywhere where hotels are becoming not just for tourists but for locals mm-hmm. too. So you've got like the Hyatt Centric has that beautiful rooftop. Um, even the Peabody, people go to the lobby and uh, Central Station. You go to mm-hmm. hang out. It's it's now go the ride for the coffee. Yeah, <laughs> to arrive just to get a yeah. coffee. It's becoming these really wonderful flex spaces that you know as a local too i'm just excited when i hear a new hotel's opening i might not stay in the rooms but i'm definitely going to go visit
0: that's like something i wanted to go back and touch on because you guys mentioned like getting locals invested is so key and important to showcasing the positivity in our city so oftentimes i feel like memphians are our own worst critics when it comes to the game and so i kind of want to hear from you guys being like leaders in this industry Obviously, we all agree that we can be our own worst critic. But do you you guys think, like, outside, they have that same viewpoint of us? Or is it almost better?
2: It's better. It's It's way way better, especially the
0: internationals. It's
3: amazing (laughs) when you talk to international visitors about Memphis. I mean, we've gotten—we both had a chance to go to Australia. And it feels like everybody I talked to when I was over there were either going to tell me a story about when they visited Memphis or they wanted to talk to me so they could plan their trip to Memphis because they were already planning on going. And they, of course knew more about memphis music than i did and were teaching me things of like oh i didn't know that i probably should yeah. but i mean that's why the i love memphis blog was born mm-hmm. um was because we wanted locals to understand how amazing the city was is now right. and all these things to do because we understand that word of mouth advertising is still going to be mm-hmm. the the in converting a visitor and getting people to come visit. So I think Holly Whitfield has done an amazing job and continues to do an amazing job of just showcasing all the positive things, all the new restaurants, all the things to do, um, all the amazing people here, um, and and we'll continue to do that
2: yeah i mean i i I personally use the i love memphis blog all the time myself (laughs) and i always tell leah i was like leah your team is awesome (laughs) i know what i'm doing this weekend Uh, and she's running all of our digital uh uh, platforms at memphis tourism i'm like ah yes okay doing this this weekend thanks holly thanks leah
0: that's what i was about to say like so leah you lead marketing with memphis tourism so your job is kind of a big one you're marketing a city how do you even begin to take on something that honestly just that huge um well
3: my boss regina beard and always say that we're drinking out of a fire hose <laughs> 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 the truth, it's a lot of information to take in and we try we just try to do our best every day honestly yes. some days it feels like a whole lot i have the most amazing team of people that i work with from the pr yes. team with milton and kevin kern to i mean holly whitfield again i cannot sing her praises m- more she is Always talking about something, knows what's going on, you know. Yeah, she art. even wrote a book, right? She wrote yes. a book about the secret things to do in Memphis. Um, if you haven't bought it or read it, there's so many things in there that I'm like, I haven't done this. like <laughs> half of these things. Um, Alex Shansky, that that runs all of our our social media and is, is now doing a lot of the digital marketing as well. I mean, I I couldn't do this without a team yeah. of people.
0: <laughs> no, definitely, it's just it's a lot. You guys are, I mean, Milton. PR whiz over there, just make it look like it's easy peasy. I mean, Memphis also makes it easy, right? Because there's just so many
3: great things going on. Mm -hmm. It's like a lot of, and the stories are falling off the trees half the yeah. time like it comes a lot of it comes to us we don't have to seek it out so much exactly. it's just trying to organize it all because there yeah. are so many yeah. great things happening well yeah. I guess that I mean as it relates to the audience
1: um, and we were talking a little bit about trying to bolster civic pride internally and helping people really see and I, your point about assets that are you know quote-unquote tourist facing but really have a lot of utility for locals. I, I, I never really thought about that way, but that, that's so, that, that makes so much sense.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, and investing in those and, and making sure that locals feel connected to them. Um, but in terms of telling the Memphis story out of market, are there, I'm just, I mean, this is really just me being curious, like um, both nationally and internationally, do you just look for hotspots of play, Like, is there a profile of a person or a community that's like, oh, you're like ripe to wanna come to Memphis, um, and how do you begin to sort of prioritize how you market or to whom you're marketing?
3: For sure. Well, I mean, we have a very robust research department yes. led by Ashley McHugh and she, I mean, if it wasn't for her, we'd probably just be kind of throwing Floating. mud on the wall. Just be like you. <laughs> you. yeah That's a tourist. Yeah. That's a t- <laughs> <laughs> you like to come to Memphis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, b- but she has um, a ton of tools and has done a, ton of research for us to be able to really hone in and target um, our major domestic markets of course with the pandemic we kind of brought that circle in a little bit more because we were focusing more on the drive market instead of the fly market Mm -hmm. Um, and then there are our international offices have been around for a good while Mm -hmm. um, but we've expanded that I think Australia only came on
2: 2017 yeah, yeah in
3: 2017 um so yeah i mean we we will try stuff of course but we definitely use data to drive um where we're we're marketing and and how we're marketing there are certain of course brand elements that everybody knows about right. Memphis, right yeah. and number one is always going to be the music we're a music city through and through and people know memphis because of the music but mm-hmm. what we've been trying to do i think since i've been there and and probably before me is showcase I mean we have what over 63 tourist attractions Mm -hmm. Um, there's so many outdoor amenities that people maybe don't think about when they first think of Memphis that are 20 minutes away from downtown so Um, and then of course it's very family friendly and people know us for barbecue and now look at all the other amazing restaurants and and our food scene has just i think blossomed in the in the last few years
2: yeah through the data you know with our research director ashley you know i'm able to at times determine what cities i should pitch a little more what Mm -hmm. destinations i should reach out to in terms of put memphis into that market um, and and that's, that's essentially on the PR side, one of the tools that we use to determine where I go to travel to promote Memphis. So typically when I, I jump down in a city, I'm, I'm usually spending three weeks to four weeks studying every outlet in that city and every journalist and trying to stage a pitch to meet them and promote the city. That's kind of how it came about, the, the Times Magazine piece. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, that's essentially it is we, are, we, we do not just fly out of thin air. It is all <laughs> uh through guidance of uh you know of knowing where the data is what the data is saying and, and making sure that we're interpreting it correctly to promote the city
3: can i just also give a shout out to milton for getting that time yeah i want to know how the bacon's
1: made <laughs> yeah. it, so like you say like oh i just like ran into a guy from time and yeah. now <laughs> but like what like
0: how does that how does that happen well so, for those who don't know oh, we yeah, made sorry. times list of the world's greatest places of 2021 which Milton, like everyone said, killed the game and got made that happen. So now that everyone knows what we're talking about, tell them how you made it happen. So
2: essentially, PR is all about relationships. And uh, I'm also the president of PRSA Memphis. And so I'm I'm always, you know, preaching on, uh, you know, it's great to have the, the emails and the tools and all those different things. But when it comes down to really uh, selling uh, anything that you're promoting, PR-wise, it's all about uh, having those connections and building those relationships. And so, and and I love the fact that uh, the leadership of Memphis Tourism has allowed me to do that over the last five years in this position, and that's what has allowed me to build the relationships to get these types of stories. In twenty summer of twenty nineteen. Um, We hosted a concert series uh, in multiple cities across the country. Uh, We went from L.A. to New York to Atlanta. It was a deep water sound tour. Uh, We did about, I think, about nine or ten cities. Um, And so what we did was we took Memphis artists uh, and then we took Memphis artists as well as some old Dominic. (laughs) And then we created these little mini activations in these key markets. But what we did was the point really was to create a kind of small, intimate concert that we invited out a few. It was open to the public for a few people, but the majority of people that were in the room were all influencers or journalists or, or people or tour operators or things like that uh and so individuals who in the in the tourism space and so what we did was um um and so if someone couldn't come to the concert then i would say okay if you can't come to the concert well before the concert let's meet let's have lunch right. <laughs> and so Jenny um, uh, Jenny uh, was one of the writers Jenny Peters uh, who wrote The Times piece uh, that featured Memphis uh, she was one of those writers uh, that I had opportunity I actually had an opportunity to meet her for dinner on one of the days be- I think it was before the concert yes. uh, and so I took her to dinner and you know and so what I do I research these people before I arrive so mm-hmm. I I look at their You're Instagram <laughs> their social and how I sell Memphis is very much so I feel like I'm Memphis mm-hmm. like so I I Memphis is very unassuming. Memphis is not showing up, you know, with a three-piece suit. Right. <laughs> it's not flashy. You know, it's, it's not flashy. We're very professional, but we're very authentic mm-hmm. and we're very much ourselves. And that's kind of how I approach my conversations with journalists. Uh, and so I, I sat there and talked to Jenny. She told me she, had, she hadn't been to Memphis in probably decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she said that she goes to New Orleans <laughs> every summer. And I was like, okay, Jenny. Uh, (laughs) We're not that (laughs) far. Well, just, just, you know, so I said, well, Jenny, what you should do is next time you're in Orleans, just catch the train up to Memphis. You know, just making jokes, things like that, how, you know, how I can intertwine Memphis into her annual trip. And so anyway, had a great time meeting her. So the pandemic, so that was 20 summer, 2019 pandemic happened. uh, What I guess that was about eight months later. (laughs) And so the pandemic happened. And so um, at that point, I could no longer, I had to be. Pitch. There was no point of Uh pitching travel. So at this point, it was all about okay. Let me stay in contact with as many journalists as possible, just to keep Memphis on their radar. Just to make sure that when things kick back up, that I'm still Memphis is still on their mind. Uh Uh, And so Jenny was one of those people around about. um, I guess around about the holidays, towards the end of 2020, I was just. I felt like travel was going to come back this this spring a little bit stronger, and so I was just doing my usual check-ins and. Hey, friend, haven't seen you since 2019. <laughs> Are you surviving? I'm surviving. And yeah. I actually told, you know, we you, you share those personal things and you get to know them. Uh, and so then we just did a little catch up and then the, as the new year came around I did another little catch up with Jenny and I said well, Jenny well it's, it's, getting, it's about to get hot in Memphis let's hop on the <laughs> phone and so while on the phone with her we literally were talking about I was just I said I so many things are new the uh, Centric mm-hmm. was about to open uh, the canopy we had some new restaurants so I was just telling all these different new things that I knew she would enjoy and want to hear about and so just from just talking to her on the phone she ended up with two stories and so I said "Well, Jenny, you if, if you can get me it was a New York Life." style magazine uh she confirmed me one in there and there's a magazine called our mississippi and i was like those are good publications i was like those are great so i think we can do that so if you can confirm those we can see about how we can maybe get you to memphis uh and so it, before the phone call end, <laughs> she goes oh she's in this, this there's a private group chat of um uh, female writers women writers uh, and so uh, that she was in and she kind of let me know that there was a message in there about Time Magazine and she said she was pitching some city in California I don't know what city it was she had already had it in her mind (laughs) so she enjoyed our conversation so much about Memphis that she had basically said okay maybe i should be pitching memphis uh-huh. instead of this other city and, I, and she and she let that out kind of you can tell she kind of said it by error yeah <laughs> i said jenny after everything i just said you really are not going to pitch memphis she yeah. says if you can get me all these questions by end of the day and i keep in mind our office had closed a little bit early because it's like easter weekend mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like oh man okay i'm gonna be up tonight uh, but anyway so i answered all her questions and then a week later jenny said okay milton it's it's approved can you get me to Memphis in such and such amount of time? Create an awesome itinerary. I want to experience all the things you've sold me. (laughs) That's so awesome. Uh Yeah, that's
1: actually exactly how I like. You know, when you see, you're like, "All right, how did Forbes make this list?" And like, (laughs) it was like a really charismatic, (laughs) like, (laughs) convincing advocate. It was like, "No, it's amazing." Well, and it's like
3: a multi-month. It doesn't just happen overnight, right? It's it's really building those relationships. I mean, Milton actually got another journal. Not got another journalist, but another journalist is moving here. Because so, of there you the go. Trip that we did just even that. now you're doing you our, our work. Yes, yeah.
2: yeah. he he literally put in for a house in the Cooper Young district. He was he's from LA. He was on. The, we hosted the media fam this summer with about seven mm. to eight journalists for our Get Loud music series. Yeah,
3: he came to one of the concerts and I sat next to him and he was just asking me about the food scene and we were just talking. We we're having a good time. We went we went out later that night to we ended up at Tin Roof and he was a huge he's a huge fan of wrestling uh, and Jerry yeah. Lawler happened oh to my be God. there. Yes. <laughs> And so it's like hey, it happened to be there. Was Milton arranged, be. All <laughs> <and> all <laughs> arranged all. Milton like, just I didn't had do it. Jerry Lawler like, behind the curtain. Right. No. But I'm like, uh, don't you want to take a picture with him? He's like, no, <laughs> no, 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 I couldn't. And I'm like, come on. And so we got a photo with yeah. him. They were talking. He had a great time. And yeah. and now him and his girlfriend are, are bought a house. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, they, so they didn't get it, but he says they're gonna still try again. So they didn't yeah. get that particular one. They put in an offer, and so he says his goal is to be here before they end the end of fall. So well, that, the... that
1: brings me to a question that I had about the relationship between tourism and people visiting the city and talent attraction, people actually moving to the city to live and or work. So I'm curious, is that an embedded part of your strategy? Is it just a happy accident when that happens? Do you guys have, whether it be anecdotal evidence or hard data that shows us that
3: there's a corollary? Um, I I mean, our goals are always going to be to fill the hotel rooms mm-hmm. and then have people leave and come back and spend more money. Right. Yeah. So that are, is our goal mm-hmm. as far as tourism is concerned. Do I think it overlaps? Of course, as as we were talking about that, that experience, that Memphis experience, I think whether you're a tourist or you're a local, you want to love the city that you're in. So I do think there's an overlap for sure.
2: Yes, I agree with that. There's definitely overlap. You know, anytime that. You know, you tourists are having a great time. That does influence somebody wanting to maybe move here. I mean, the influences I think is just a natural, organic thing that occurs when, when, when a tourist intermingles with locals and and, and understands and gets the vibe of the city. Yeah. It just kind of happens. Well,
1: I I think I mean as as a local, um, it's sort of thrilling to meet people who are visiting. You know, who come to Memphis by choice and are just like loving the city that you love and experiencing it with fresh eyes Um, so I always I don't know I guess because I haven't lived in a community like you said where there's over an, an overabundance of tourists so you don't feel that like ugh like they're you know clogging the public uh, transportation or whatever but it really does feel like so, like I, that's part of why I love walking around downtown to be like oh, those are tourists and I'm going to
3: tell them where to go <laughs> eat and I'm going to make sure that they go over there. Well and that's different to Memphis and why visitors love it here mm. so much is mm-hmm. that they do run into locals and everybody they yes. meet is like please let me tell you yeah. where <laughs> you need to go what you need to eat what neighborhoods you need to visit have you been to Cooper Young have you been to Shelby Farms like that, 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 hospitality. It, that yeah. hospitality is what keeps people coming yeah, back I over hosted- and over again
2: it was Oprah's editor for O Magazine hosted her. I think twenty nineteen. It was around like New Year's Eve or something, uh, and I had this whole like itinerary that I had created for her that she was going to experience it, and it was kind of based on she was kind of being conservative, and so it's like okay, she wants to. She maybe not a club, but she wants to do this because they sometimes they just don't know what they want to mm-hmm. do, and you kind of have to learn who they are, and so um, I was meeting her at Molly Fontaine's. I walked through the door a group of people (laughs) in the locals had already pretty much changed her itinerary slightly to things that I thought she might enjoy, but she she kind of turned her nose down yeah. to like she didn't turn her nose down to, but just things that she just wasn't immediately open to, and things that I did and also things I didn't know that she would be open to. And so she's like, I think I want to do this and I think I want to do that. These people and then some <laughs> of the people in the room I actually knew. <laughs> and so she was like, yeah, so it's so it just kind of one of those things where the locals have an effect on how you how tourists may experience the city. And as a result of that, she went on to write some articles that included like um uh, I think she included the tasting box for Christina McCarter. Mm-hmm. She included uh, uh, Chef Philip on Oprah's, uh, you know, favorite, and one things. Of favorite things and all those things. So she's been a very advocate from that moment. Uh, she's been an advocate, or one of our ends to uh, uh, O Magazine.
0: Very cool. nice. Milton's just gonna walk out of here with a hair flip and be like, "You're welcome, Memphis." <laughs> okay. um, but like a, a little bit of a serious question before we get into like all of the fun, fun stuff. I have to ask you guys, but. So the travel industry is kind of one where accessibility and resources can be kind of a hindrance Mm -hmm. to those who are wanting to travel. And so I wanna ask you guys how y'all in Memphis as a city is ensuring that our city is open to anyone and everyone, no matter limitations they may have, physically, financially, et cetera. Like what are we doing to help?
2: That's a good question. You know, I, I think, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, for one, our marketing is inclusive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we do. Intentionally. Uh, intentionally yeah, inclusive inclusive. Mm-hmm. So, it's important. So we, do, so we do make it a, for instance, you know, making sure that, you know, if things are accessible. Like our visitor's guides mm-hmm. map out things that are accessible for those who awesome. uh, may be handicapped and things like that. It has a, a wealth of information. I know some people may not, uh, don't, as many people are not using visitor's guides mm-hmm. as much um but uh but that information is all available on there as well as online where people can get that information um but we're inclusive about it uh you know i i definitely think you know in terms of the city some things that that make it accessible i think you know, I'm so glad that this, that the city has Ubers and Lyfts and things like that that has made transportation a little bit easier for tourists uh, as well as locals. Um, I think there's some improvement on that front that could definitely happen in transportation in terms of how locals as well as tourists experience Memphis. I do know that that is one that is one thing that is a hindrance uh, and one of the things that we technically can't control. Right. Um, but that is one thing that I would love to see an improvement on. You know, because if there's no, you know, depending on where you're trying to go, if there's no Uber or Lyft available, uh, the only thing is, you know, your, your rental cars. You know, mm-hmm. some internationals really don't like rental cars. Yeah. Um, they're not really accustomed to having to do that. They're used to catching a train or something to everywhere. And so I think those are the things that I would love for us to improve on as a destination that I'm hoping, uh, you know, that, that happens in the future.
3: And I think we also work I'm going to use the word intentional again on content for different groups mm-hmm. um like we have content around LGBTQ mm-hmm. um and travel guides and um we also kind of tap into training when it comes to being ada accessible as as a city Mm -hmm. and what can we do as an organization to help promote that with with our hotels with our attractions um so that we have all of that information we can share it with them as an as as a member organization to kind of facilitate growing memphis that way
2: and leah even has a list of free things to do <laughs> yes that <laughs> the, page uh, gets a lot of, uh, uh, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> a list of which, which is great because some of that incorporates is mainly locals but then some of it is also things that tourists can experience as well Yeah, as when well. you're
0: traveling on a budget and you may have used your dollars too to your point milton like have to rent a car yeah. or have to stay in a hotel or airbnb or whatever like the free stuff maybe all you can do maybe all you could afford is to get here and now you're like where's the free yeah. things <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and Memphis is, 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 however, consistently one of the most affordable cities mm-hmm. to visit in the country, though. Uh, and so even when the pandemic happened, uh, Leah and her team put on our website the uh, the deals for the weekends. Oh, uh, yeah, was it the weekend? deals and special offers. Yeah. No, I
3: mean, we we always are collecting deals and special mm-hmm. offers from, from all of our members to make sure that that's out there. And, like, the Dixon right now is offering free admission all the way through, I think, the end of the year. Don't quote me on that, but I think it's the end of the year, but check their website um, you know there are free days on certain days mm-hmm. for for um, different museums and so like also if you're local you know those are kind of fun things to go do yeah. with your family yeah. as well
2: yeah, yeah. you know and, and on that you know conversation I, I, I w- something that I would love to see just in general from um, the you know I know once things recover and what tourism is, is back to is 100% uh as it's 2019 levels return. um, You know, I would love to see, you know, local business owners, and it's not just addressed to Memphis, but just across the country and the world, to be a little bit more. Uh, in terms of how we treat our frontline staff and and their pay and their benefits and all those things and making sure that we're truly paying a living wage to all the people that take care of us in a day-to-day, whether you're eating at a restaurant or staying at a hotel or whether you're getting a rental car, whatever it is that, you know, that, that person that, you know, that's usually out there risking it all for us. Those are things that I, that I think the industry in general, in terms of travel and tourism, has some opportunity to increase and do better at that I'm hoping uh, that happens, you know, when we, as we cultivate a new future in travel. I'm hoping that that's on top of the list
3: yeah and i think there's like a labor sh- we know right there's a labor shortage mm-hmm. in general across the country and so one thing we talk about is pack your patience be kind to our frontline workers oh, i like
0: that pack your patience. yeah as
3: a local as a visitor as you're visiting these places you know everybody's trying their best right now yeah. <laughs> and and you know we're, we're slowly kind of coming out and then going back and and it, just be patient be kind to everyone
1: yeah i mean i if there's any silver lining to the tragedy of covid I, i hope that it it does push us all obviously with the service industry kind of at the front of that but i would include like all of our retail workers and all of our warehouse workers and this like just everybody that we would recalibrate the way that we think about compensation the way we value the labor that produces the things that we all take for granted um because it's I feel like restaurants and again, these sort of things that are very visible, you walk in and you're like, why can't I sit down? There are a million open tables, but there are so many other industries that mm-hmm. are experiencing the same thing. So
0: yeah. we, we co-sign your yes. um, living wage, uh, your call to living wage. <laughs> yes. I think it's all full circle, yeah. right? You yeah, guys mm-hmm. have really, I love that you guys, when you speak to Memphis tourism, we're not only talking about where you've been and where we are, but you're also looking toward the future. And I think that's crucially important yeah. for our city. Um, so fun question that i have to ask because you've mentioned the word itinerary love a good itinerary over (laughs) here but i want to hear from each of you your personal perfect memphis day what would that not your planning for someone else milton but for you leah you as well like what would your perfect memphis day look like to you
2: oh so this is so so easy (laughs) (laughs) So, so easy uh so uh this is probably on Leah's list. I know. Uh, I'm,
3: gonna, I'm like Milton's well, probably gonna steal something. So because
2: we actually we our office, multiple people we are the, we are truly like a work family. Yeah. Memphis Tourism. Well, y'all so, go hang out all the time. We hang out all the yeah. time. The so. internet
3: actually thinks we're a couple. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it, it all started because of a, the St. Jude marathon race. Everybody thought we were a couple, and we just kind of just, just, yeah, just work yeah. just We work, with, it. Work, work right. with it. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the so honestly. One of the things that Leah and I both like to do multiple times at the month is we go hiking at Shelby Farms pretty ah, much. Forest. Uh, yeah, Shelby Forest, not yes. farms. Uh, Shelby Forest, which is, you no know, just near Millington, mm-hmm. uh, just about 20 minutes north of downtown. So my perfect day would be, A, starting there, kicking off the morning okay. with uh, hiking, hiking. Or a bike ride. So it either if I can't make it up to the forest, then I'm going across the bike, uh, Big River Crossing, with my bike over into West Memphis, uh, and coming back. So that's that's step one of the day. Step two is then um, I'm going to do a brunch somewhere. Uh I'm gonna do sign. Br- <laughs> yeah, you I'm, are. I'm gonna do a brunch. Milton loves a good brunch. I I love a good brunch and you know, whether that's I mean, it is really I like all the spaces. So I uh, you might see me at Sugar Grits, you might see me at Majestic, you might see me at Sunrise, you might see me at Second Line. Uh it just you, you, you I, I never know. Or Edge Alley has been my I've been there I think this month, maybe two or three. It changes. <laughs> like- <laughs> it changes. Uh and so it would be uh it would be going it would be brunch and then you know and i would say a nice evening uh inside of central station and cocktails with friends yeah
0: like end it off after you've worked up an appetite yes
2: and then <laughs> that idea.
3: so y- you kind of stole some of my stuff but um you it can just have means it's the well, good okay. stuff sure. to do so here's the, the thing about moving to memphis from arizona in arizona it's always sunny outside, right? Uh. We don't get any
0: rain. You're like, there's no weather.
3: Well, (laughs) yeah. It's either hot or not hot. So... What I noticed when I moved here was when it was a beautiful day outside, the whole city, like, comes to life, and mm-hmm. everybody is just out doing something, and that just makes me so happy, and it's, like, as an extrovert, I'm just, like, I just want to be where the people are, so... oh, um, well, well, that's the Little Mermaid, just, but continue. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I would... But I also... So, I love being outside. Yeah. Um, but I would start, again, either... Probably going on the three mile loop at Shelby Forest um, with my dog Tina. Um, and I, And I would <laughs> say that like dogs with human names are my favorite thing on this planet. Yes. So Amen. <laughs> she she chose her name actually. Oh. I, I tried to name her something different and she it did not take. And I kept going through different other names and as soon as I said Tina, her she's got really big ears. Her ears shift perked up i'm like oh okay okay you're you're forever tina that is your name but no i would start at uh, shelby forest with a hike i also love 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 doing the green line to Mm. shelby farms on a bike and then continue on to the wolf river trail which i'm so excited for that connection to happen i'm like waiting um also like people don't know that you can rent um kayaks on in both Well, everybody knows you can rent kayaks at Shelby Farms, but you can also rent kayaks at Shelby Forest, which is a whole nother. Mm. To do that in the fall when the leaves are changing is beautiful. the the one thing about whether I'm building an itinerary for myself or for somebody else is there's never enough meals. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, there there's not enough meals in this amount of time for the amount of restaurants yeah. that I, I want to go to. Yeah. Unless we um, eat every minute of every day. You got to do like, tasting. But mm-hmm. that's so, that's what I love is going to places like Acre or Bounty where you can like, I always like to share mm-hmm. and do everything family mm-hmm. style so I can try as many things as possible. Um, and then like looking for a music event uh, y- anywhere like yeah. live music i I feel like Memphis is so spoiled you like locals have no idea that you you can't find live music every single day of the night in other cities um so that's that would be something with live music for sure and then, if I had to pick like an actual tourist attraction, i mean there's so many good ones. the national Civil rights Museum is. Amazing, and if you haven't been through it, you have to like that's a a, a must do. But you know, there's so many really great tourists to try. It, this is so hard. You have I to ask more questions. We're gonna ask you more. We're gonna like. Be... <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I, I want to ask a, a similar but like flip side of this question. What is a tourist destination that you think is either um underknown, underappreciated? like um off the beaten ha- path or just has like a, you know a, a reputation that uh, just like what do you think that people like if you're like no really you gotta go here you gotta go back there it's
2: uh, that's a hard one I feel <laughs> like I, I mean there's a while lot I think the <laughs>
1: memphians are are definitely like out enjoying our restaurants and our parks and our hotels I think that they're still like no you gotta go like have you been to the Brooks recently? Yeah. You gotta get over to so, Grace. So you're asking
2: what's something about Memphis that's that's so kind like of like an actual
1: und- like a tourist attraction. So the Rocket Soul Museum I think
3: is yeah. really amazing because yeah. people yeah. don't know it was curated by the Smithsonian mm-hmm. and tells the entire Memphis music story. And I didn't realize until I mean part of our training working for Memphis Tourism is you have to go visit every single one of the attractions. And that's where I really got the entirety of the the Memphis music story, which is. Very significant. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So um, that and also uh, the Blues Foundation's Blues Hall of Fame is also another place where I'm like, I had no idea that like this is where all of that came from. And and the reason for why we have popular music today Mm -hmm. all came out of Memphis. Yeah um i would also say the tour, a tour of possibilities
2: Ah, you could that was I mine was <laughs> <laughs> i still got one you have a name but, uh. <laughs> but a
3: tour of possibilities it, it with carolyn michael banks as your uh, tour guide she takes you she what is amazing is that she changed the way she did her tours she has this like awesome bus but because of the pandemic, she now does a caravan tour where you're behind her and you kind of have this walkie talkie thing going on. So you're not in the same car, but you still get that same experience. And she takes you to places and tells you these stories um, about uh, the Memphis civil rights movement and um, history that um, is just amazing, and and she's just a powerhouse of a
2: tour guide as well. Very cool. So since you mentioned Elaine, I'm not lying, Elaine, you mentioned Carol and Michael Banks, I'm gonna go with Elaine. (laughs) 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 She's the, uh, Elaine is uh, over Slave Haven, which everyone knows about Slave Haven and and, uh, the the historical museum there, but she also has a a heritage tour, history tour of Memphis that is also great, very similar to uh, Carol and Michael Banks. Uh, So besides that tour, I would say uh, a place I really think uh, People do not uh, appreciate enough is going to be uh, Ernest Withers Gallery on Bill Street. Yes. Mm. Uh, that one is, I, I, I bought a book from there and even, I had to, when I go in, I look at pictures, I actually, I have family that's been in Memphis for a little bit over, a little bit over 100 years almost and so I'm always like, maybe I can find like <laughs> a cousin <Yeah. laughs> or, or somebody in one of these photos yeah. so I'm always looking like these people probably may have, may, may be my relatives, who knows, but I just love looking uh, a, a, Taking it and going to look at and respecting history that took mm. place in Memphis, and it's nothing like having a visual, um, like the like those photographs at Ernest Withers uh, to go look at. I mean, and something that we like to do in tourism, we love to look at photos and, and try to pinpoint where it is or what's, what does what this intersection look like today and those types of things and have those conversations. So Ernest Withers is definitely one of my top places I think people um, should visit that I think is uh, kind of uh, not as popular as some of the others.
3: Can yeah. I say one more too, oh, gotcha. is that um, I, I learned that it's like a point of pride for locals not to have gone to Graceland I want to kill that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So right now they have this Disney exhibit at at the Exhibition Center. And it is seriously like the coolest thing. So if you haven't been to Graceland, maybe you don't. You can still, if it's a point of pride, not go through the actual mansion. But definitely get to the Disney exhibit. It's not just Disney. It's just if you're a movie fan or an entertainment fan. It is so cool that we have that. And I think it's here for the rest of the year at least. Yeah.
2: You know, I I would... I do hope locals really do go and appreciate Graceland, Elvis Presley's Graceland. I grew up in White Haven. Um, I would pass that all the time. Uh, grew up in the neighborhood. My friends live behind it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I did not visit Graceland, so I started working for Memphis Tourism in 2006. Uh, and upon my first tour, at 20 years old, I was completely blown away and amazed at how amazing it was. I had a new respect for Elvis uh, in, in Memphis. Uh, you know, I was really upset that I had never been. Um, and so Graceland has transformed over the last few years and has so much more. At that time, they had a lot of the things crammed into the mansion where they had all his awards and like the racket um ball uh, court. Room, court at his house and now it's properly displayed at Elvis Presley's Memphis Complex um, so it's definitely, I, I, I saw that on social media uh, recently I can think of what day it was it was like trending on my page and it was like everyone's, oh I haven't been to Graceland and it was all locals and I was just like, you guys, this is not cool, we must go, you must experience it, you cannot talk about a place that you have not experienced <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I had
1: a similar like I didn't, I, I had not gone to Graceland until I went for like a work thing and it is really it's it it is both really fascinating and i you know you don't have to be an Elvis fan at all but like it, he is a very important cultural artifact yeah. <laughs> like yeah, he is yes. an icon whether you are yes. from Memphis or not like it is yeah. it's it, he is at the center of a very compelling story and aside from that it is just a fun funky house and i'm like yes. i'm really mm-hmm. into kitsch so <laughs> i was like ah oh, like this is this feels like home to me um all right so we're going to do a very quick lightning round okay one answer for me to Are you ready? I was Eat like breath. <laughs> yeah, okay. you, you can win this. Yeah. <laughs> one, of, oh. one of you will lose. No, I'm okay.
2: <laughs> All right. We're gonna ask
1: you for a favorite. So favorite Memphis food. Just one favorite. It's hard, I know. I know. It's like Sophie's choice. Go for it.
3: I'm gonna say the lemongrass tofu at Fong Long, because that's what I have for lunch. Done. So okay.
2: that's
0: the right answer. Go ahead. Okay. Okay.
2: I'm just gonna go with Gus's fried Chicken. Also <laughs> the right
0: answer. Yes. Congratulations. All right, favorite Memphis musician, and if you can't think of that off the top of your head, because I know it's hard, what's your favorite venue to go listen to live music in Memphis? Oh,
3: that's so hard. Oh, it so it hard.
0: depends on my mood. Uh, <laughs> but what's your mood right yeah. now? Like if you could go hear some great tunes right now, where are you going? I'm gonna I'm gonna say crosstown because there's so many
3: different places within
0: Crosstown
3: to ah, see different sneaky. things. I, like I know, it. yeah, look at that. Milton?
2: Okay. Uh, if I'm going to see... Oh, uh, this is so difficult. I'm like, oh. Uh, <laughs> this is literally like the text message. Me and Leah are trying to decide what to do on the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, um, okay, I'm going to go with High Tones, place to go listen to music. Uh, if I was going to pick an artist, uh, I would say anybody from uh, Unapologetic. Uh, uh, yes. You know, uh, any, I, w- I, I would make go mad that. Mad Beats. Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> yes. So, you want to hit it?
1: Favorite Memphis fun fact, weird fact thing that yeah. you're if you're like, oh yeah, did you know? Like, what's your did you know? So
0: like, mine is that Shelby Farms is like five times the size of Central Park in New York City.
2: That is a very fun. Did you know? I use it in a lot of my pictures. Yeah. <laughs> the pyramid is a good one too. Uh, the pyramid, surprisingly, is yeah, is a, is a good one. Uh, I still think a lot of people do not realize that it is more than just a retail store. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but. Um, I was going to say, surprising fact, um, I had one a minute ago, but you threw me out. with The pyramid. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I had, I'm sorry, surprising Memphis fact. Um, I would say, um, hmm, I, hmm, well, this is, locals know this, but tourists don't. They don't realize how close and we are. And
0: our listeners actually may not know. You can't assume, well, no, Milton. Well, well, no, this is something <laughs> very simple.
2: I say most tourists are really surprised at how close we are to Arkansas and Mississippi. Ah. Uh, it blows them. I, I sometimes have to tell journalists after they've flown in and say, you do know that that's Arkansas. And they go, no, no. I'm like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) To piggyback off of that, your
0: fun fact can be, if you go to the bridge, you can actually stand in two places at once and place yourself in Arkansas and Tennessee.
2: Exactly. There's so many unique fun facts that Memphis has. I would say one that stands out, um, that we were the home and the start of Holiday Inn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is that's one, a great one. Yeah, that's uh, that was the one I had earlier <laughs> uh, Yeah, for me
3: I, I also live by the pink palace and so I didn't know moving here that the the modern grocery store was was actually created yeah. here in Memphis it's
0: Excellent. so many fun fact. facts I so feel like so many fun facts. like but to speak of the pyramid the pyramid always holds a special place in my heart because my first trip to Memphis ever was to see the justified strip tour at the pyramid just okay. like Christina Aguilera Black Eyed Peas <laughs> opened I was living. That's amazing. Saw the ca- I saw Cats at the Orpheum, my first Broadway show ever. Well, technically Broadway show, you know what I mean. Yeah. At the Orpheum, <laughs> like, first weekend in Memphis. Did not come back until I decided to move here for an internship, and then I stayed forever. So... Memphis is great, guys. If you're yeah. listening and you've been, it, like, sad about your city. It was Justin Timberlake that like, got her hooked, but it was the cats <laughs> that really sold
1: it. It was the Black Eyed Peas, yeah. where is the love? Let's be clear. But
0: guys, if you're feeling uh, kind memories. of down about your city, like, too, we talked about it earlier. Sometimes we are our own worst critics, and we're like, you got to leave for opportunity. There's no opportunity in Memphis. That's a lie. We tell ourselves because it is here. It is here in the city, and Milton and Leah are selling it to you constantly. They have all the resources available. So, speaking of that, guys. People are listening if they want to find out where they can do something, where they can get involved, support you guys in the work you're doing. Where can they go? What can they do?
2: So I'm going to say the one thing that I realized that locals don't do is they do not. So watching the local news is great and fine Mm -hmm. um, for immediate information. Um, I really want locals to get into the habit of really, and this is my PRSA (laughs) (laughs) uh, coming out of me, but I want locals to really get in the habit of actually subscribing, uh, and it's very affordable, to the the Daily Memphian or the Commercial Appeal, uh, and subscribing and actually going in-depth beyond the headline of what you're reading and actually and then follow things like the, uh, the business journal um, because if you really want to uh, be integrated in the city you have to know what's happening on all levels uh, and it has to go beyond that clickbait headline you see on social media so I really encourage you to to do that on the news front really that is so important is that you educate yourself on the facts and knowledge uh, of what's actually happening and not just something that came across your your feed. That is your homework
0: Uh, assignment from
3: Mr. Milton (laughs) (laughs) Howery. But if you're on social media, please follow I Love Memphis blog. Go to the blog, blog ilovememphisblog.com every week um holly puts together five things to do over the weekend and usually adds a fifth or or or, i mean a sixth (laughs) or seventh thing because there's sometimes some weekends where there's like ten things and we have to edit it down um and then if people are visiting memphistravel.com, is your go-to um for everything travel related
0: Oh, Holly is always putting in the work because I run New Memphis social media, and I'm like, girl, how do you do it? <laughs> like she is always on top of everything happening. Yeah, so. I still don't know how she does <laughs> it. Oh. Yes. Well, awesome. we are
1: grateful for y'all and all of and everybody on the, the Memphis Tourism team. You guys do incredible work. Thank you for joining us today and keep us posted on what's what's hip and happening next. Yeah, thanks, for you
2: Thank you thanks for having guys. us.
0: Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Hey guys that was a great episode of today's meanwhile in memphis and we're running out of time so real quick anna any last minute announcements real quick real quick (laughs) you
1: guys do not forget tedx memphis our annual conference is coming up we are going to be at the levitt shell on october 30th we're going to be safe we're going to be outside we're going to have a blast we have an amazing lineup of speakers if you are not familiar with ted If you've heard of TED Talks, you like TED. If you um, have ever listened into a TED Talk, come and join us to listen to some live local TED Talkers share their big ideas from the TED stage. You can go to TEDxMemphis.org to buy tickets to learn about the lineup to get the schedule again it's going to be october 30th i hope you join us christy this was a rad episode thank you for putting it together i've got so many like memphis things to do now i was gonna say i've got like 100 meals i gotta go eat so um i hope that you guys have a great week and we will see you back here next week at meanwhile in memphis thanks guys bye
0: This week's episode was made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com.